Lords and Ladies of the Tan to Bridgerton Bitches. We like to recap every episode of Bridgerton and dive into the world of corsets, secrets and eye sex. So let's make Lady Whistledown proud and join us in our conversations on our Facebook page, Bridgerton Bitches. Before we begin, thank you so much, Monica, for your recent donation on Kofi, and thank you to everyone for supporting our show. Please do share amongst the ton. Today, we are going to look at episode one of Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. We hope you enjoy this episode. So let's get started. I absolutely loved the sets and the costumes right at the start. Did you notice with the carriages and the, the clothes they were all wearing and the beautiful buildings? Like to me, it feels really high quality, like big budget. Yeah, I agree. Like the colours were amazing. That beautiful view of that house, the bright costumes. And I love, love, love the dramatic music as well. Like they have gone, they've gone out on this, haven't they? Like this is a masterpiece, like visually very, very beautiful. Yes. And I absolutely love the dress that she wears in the first opening scenes. It's like a really pale blush pink silk. It's absolutely gorgeous. So much fun to wear. I would have actually loved wearing that. So nice. I was a bit surprised about the. Oh, I think I might be jumping ahead to the to the animation bit. Sorry. Do you want to go with what you were going to say? Yeah. Like. Okay. So we get introduced to her as a character, and what I love is how there's no speaking. Like we see her walking down the hallway. She's looking for the door gap. She sees there's some sort of agreement going on. And didn't you love it how she just pushes over the marble bust? And to me, that says like a thousand words. Like. We get a sense of what she's like, and they haven't even spoken before the credits. I just thought that was really clever. Yeah, um, I feel like it's the kind of thing that I would have done when I was younger, like to break up a talk that I didn't like, that I was, because I used to love eavesdropping when I was a kid. I would just make a noise or, yeah, like push over something like that to kind of disrupt the thing that's going on. So it's kind of clever, really, but I guess it didn't really work in this instance. Yeah, and like she's ballsy, isn't she? Like she's gonna, she's not gonna take things lying down, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good start. And then we do, we do get the opening credits, which I think you were going to mention then, don't we? Yeah, and at first I was a bit taken aback. I was like, wow, they've gone for an animation, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. This feels very different uh, to Bridgerton. And there were parts of it I liked. I liked the bit where her animated characters looking into the telescope mm. and things like that but what did you think I thought it was weird they didn't have any faces I kind of loved it and it was so different from Bridgerton and I think maybe they might have done that on purpose but and I think maybe. you're right I think they're telling the story of what's going to happen don't they and um I just love that cool arty style I don't know what style it is but I actually got goosebumps. Like, if you had told me, oh, the credits are going to be in a cartoon format, I would have been like, mm, I don't think so. But I was loving it, actually. I actually really like the music. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know why they picked that device in general. Like, why would they go with animation? It's really, yeah, very different. Well, the only other thing I was thinking is at the very beginning of this episode, Mary Poppins or Lady Whistledown has been... Lady Whistledown, as we know her in this, so Julia Andrews, she's like, oh, you know, this is fictional, like, this isn't based on historical facts. And part of me was like, so are the credits really trying to drive home? Like, it's cartoon, it, it's, are they trying to drive home that this isn't, this is make-believe? Do you know what I mean? Is that what they're trying to do a little bit more? That's a really good point. Maybe you're right. Also, I was really surprised they even had that disclaimer 
And I don't know whether it's because in Bridgerton, none of the people are based, apart from Queen Charlotte, are based on real characters, whereas this is based on historical characters. They obviously felt the need to put that in. But I don't necessarily think they needed to. But mm-hmm. there we go. When the credits are finished, I do love how it's a carriage ride, isn't it, between Charlotte and her brother. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's quite funny in this scene. Like, we get to see a bit more of her character. What do you think? I know that what I'm about to say is an unpopular opinion. But I'm kind of bored of the whole... It's become almost a trope now of the young girl living in the historic past, but who's got a modern outlook on life, who hates the fact that her life is determined by a man, whether it's her father or an older brother, and who complains a lot about the corset and how she can't breathe and how she can't move. And as she was around, I I thought this was just her ranting. And she says, um, oh, I can't move. I have whale bones and I could be sliced and I could bleed to death. And I'm, I just thought I'm kind of done with it. You're boring me because I just felt that she sounded like a petulant whiny brat. And I know this is going to be really maybe unpopular, but I've just thought we've, we've had this all before with Eloise. It's, it's repetitive now. And also it's putting a modern perspective on a character that's living at a time when all of that would have just been taken for granted. Like you probably wouldn't even say it. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, and I want to make it really clear to everyone listening that that's Chrissy saying that, not Natalie. Natalie's <laughs> a nice one. Chrissy's kind of the troublemaker. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was kind of funny. I thought, okay, so I actually Googled did whalebone cut into people because she did actually present a convincing case, and I can't see anything that said it did. But did you know that women would often faint because it would constrict the organs and it would make breathing very difficult. And they actually had fainting couches. So I I do imagine that women might have been a bit fatigued by the whole, here I go again, I'm about to faint. For goodness sake, like I'm kind of done with this now. Do you not think there might be something in that? In a way, but then I also follow some costume designers that like historic costume makers today and they wear corsets and they try and show the opposite to that and they show that actually you can wear a corset and it's quite comfortable and it's not restrictive and I guess it depends on how tightly you lace your corsets at the end of the day like and that's on her (laughs) hashtag like all her all her like made if she's lacing it too tight I just felt like that whole rant was just a, a cliche and I just thought oh I'm not I'm just not I'm not into it and this, I actually put this down. When her brother challenges her and he basically says, there are, there are worse fates than marrying the King of England. And I actually was like, yeah, yeah, mate, I agree with you. I'm on his side. And then I put, am I supposed to be on his side? Because I feel like I'm not. But I was like, thank you. Like, she's such a spoiled brat. And, you know, yeah, there are women um, dying on the streets from tuberculosis because they haven't eaten a vegetable in like, two months and watching their children die and you're like really like being a baby for the fact that you live in this okay yeah no one wants to marry someone they've never met who could be a monster but I just thought you're being a giant baby OMG you are hitting hard on I'm sorry I need to bring it in this is only episode one what is happening? Can I just say, you talk about how there are women, like, on the street, like, having to eat, like, bone broth out of, like, homeless people's shoes and stuff. But, you know, 
you're basically lining up Charlotte's maid to get sacked because you've basically said it's on Charlotte's maid that she's not like she's tying those courses too tight. That's on you. Like if she ends up being one of those poor people on the street, that's on you. Always on Charlotte because all she has to say is, Mary, you're doing the corset a little bit too tight. We did talk about this. Can you loosen it a little bit, please? Yeah, but she's in charge. Have they had that discussion? Or is Charlotte, maybe Charlotte just needs to actually tell Mary what she wants because Mary's not a mind reader. And like at the end of the day, exactly. Mary's made. Exactly. So you're kind of starting to agree with me, I can say. I am a little bit. I am a little bit. On the topic of Charlotte's brother, can't remember his name for the life of me. Not no. Poppin J, but something cool like that. Oh, Augustus. Is it Augustus? Oh. Funny, I don't know where Poppin J came from, but um. <laughs> I like Augustus. I've put here, is he hot or not? Mm. Do you know what? It didn't even cross my mind because he was being quite authoritarian. Think about it. I thought you'd <laughs> like the sure. whole shut up and do as I say kind of vibe. I think we see a little bit more of him and possibly with his top off and then we could decide. Yeah, and also the classic, we need him really to be standing in the rain because we like guys yeah. in the rain and all angry. He, he gets angry in the carriage vibe, <laughs> but is it hot or not? I think we need to say, because we had this before when people were like, it's not hot when guys are angry. I think we need to reiterate maybe it's passionate that we're looking for yes. rather than anger. Yes. I do have, I know it's a bit seen for predictions, but can I just go with it now? Mm-hmm. So the brother hints in the carriage that he allowed Charlotte to read too much, and that's why she's so headstrong. And I'm just wondering if him and Lady Featherington went to the same finishing school, because Lady Featherington said the same thing about Penelope, and now I really want them to hook up. Like, could Lady Featherington, this is my theory, Lady Featherington and the brother hook up? And maybe he's the guy that does her dirty and and he's the reason that she marries that guy that um Lord Featherington. Yeah, I would actually really like to see a young Lady Featherington. I hadn't even considered that. I would be yeah. up for that. And they've got something in common, like they both think books aren't good for young women, so Yeah, and also I was like, books don't make you a spoilt brat, no? So like <laughs> I was joking. You've but, read a lot of books, though, Chris, so that... And that, I am a spoiled brat. Yeah, oh, my God, is that why dumb. she's annoying me? Because I think I'm seeing myself in her. Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, none of us seem to say it, but we're all thinking it right now. Yeah. So, are you done with the carriage scene? Because my next comment is about the next bit. Well, the only other thing I would add is I did kind of like how the carriage scene with younger Charlotte and her brother, it switches to present-day... Queen Charlotte getting um, news from a man in the carriage that her daughter's dead. And I just, I thought it was quite clever how they, they switched the carriage scenes, you know? Like, I just thought that was quite cool. I'm pretty sure it's her granddaughter, not her daughter. Isn't it her as, her as wife, sorry? Yes. Yeah, it is granddaughter, you're right. Okay. So, firstly, I just want to say, I really was not expecting for the Queen Charlotte show to flash back to the future. And when I say future, I mean the Bridgerton world. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed at first because I was like, oh, you're breaking the storyline. Like, I'm invested now in young Charlotte and her world. 
I don't really want to be pulled out of it and brought into the British and the future world. And also it's sad because we know that Queen Charlotte in that world isn't living a very nice life. So for me, I found it a bit disruptive and I didn't like being pulled out into the future. And I've noticed they've done that quite a lot throughout this episode. So I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't love that. I think I would prefer to stay in, in that in that time. Yeah, I agree. I can see yeah. I can see why you think that. Do you like Queen Charlotte? Like she's quite funny when she's like, if I could have people beheaded, you'd be in the queue. Like she's she's quite dark. I kind of like that. Um, I don't warm to her because I think she can come across as quite mean. And I think in the Bridgerton show she comes across. But we understand why, because she's if anything, she's become quite bitter hasn't she, about her life and it not going the way she wants. So I understand why she can come across as mean and harsh. It's because she's deep down, she's very, very, very unhappy. What I find strange and what I really didn't like is, you know, the scene where her son-in-law, I suppose it is, is crying over the dead body of the Princess Royal, yeah. uh, Princess Charlotte. She's tapping him going there, 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 or something to that regard. And her face is just like almost bored. Like there's no sympathy or empathy yeah. i actually wrote that down as well i put her granddaughter dies and she seems a bit cold and she just goes there there pat pat maybe she's just so done like she's just done isn't she but i i i think there'd be a way of showing that that like i am so exhausted from my constant trouble or sadness and there's a difference between yeah just coming across as if you're bored and you don't care. And I, I think what came across, maybe we could do a poll, is that she's just literally zero sympathy. And I just, that really confused me a bit. Yeah. So right now you're not warming up to Queen Charlotte? No. I, I Towards the end of the episode, I did warm up to the young version of her towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. So it then flashes back into the past where Queen Charlotte arrives. And this woman, the Queen Highness, her Royal Highness, is kind of walking around her, observing her, asking her to see her teeth, which I hate. And it just reminds you of that scene in Bridgerton where that old geezer is like walking yeah. around Bavina and like, show me your teeth, darling. And I hated that. Do you think they did that on purpose? Yeah. But it also reminded me of when they kind of were a bit hypocritical. And Lady Danbury did that to Kate and her sister in series two, and I didn't like it. And she was like, smile. And I was like, oh, I didn't like it when Lady Dunbury did that. But you're right. It's like checking over a prize animal, isn't it? Yeah, not cool. And then there was like that power struggle because Charlotte was like, I've got this really nice dress from Paris and it's like really old lace and stuff. And then the other lady was like, you're going to wear what I tell you to wear, Biatch. And what was weird, and I didn't understand it at the time, but she wipes her face. So, I I was I wondered if she licked her, and I was like, lesbian vibes? Question mark. It didn't feel sexual. It felt judgmental, but I didn't get it. But then there's yeah. something that happens later on, which yeah. maybe we can talk about. But was there anything else about that first meeting between Charlotte and and the the mother of? I just. Of wanted to say that they filmed it at Hampton Court Palace. Did you recognise it? No, I was hoping you would tell me where it was filmed. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, so you see the courtyard, so all that red brick building, and then you see the massive building, and you can see they've put, like, 
banners and stuff on it and it must cost a fortune because it's a huge tourist attraction here Hampton Court Palace it's not far from London and it's it's yeah it's Tudor and I just thought god they must have had to pay an arm and a leg to film there and then you see her walking up the beautiful painted staircase and do you remember that staircase we went up to in Hampton Palace Hampton Court Palace so they've literally picked one of the best buildings they could to film there that's amazing that you knew that I love That's Hampton Court Palace. I've been there, we've been there in the summer, didn't we? We went there. I actually didn't recognise it, so I feel kind of bad for that. Not going to lie. Wow. thought we were making memories. I know. I know. Okay. Do you think there's a possibility that rather than putting banners on Hampton Court, they just, like, CGI'd it? Oh, that makes sense. Because I was thinking, oh, my God, this must have been astronomical. They would have had to get, like, a scaffold or... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And you know how nowadays as well, like on your smartphone, I've seen adverts for this app. I can't remember what it's called, but you can like, you can like make people disappear in these photos and stuff that you don't want to like. It makes me wonder okay. how much of it was actually closed off and how much they've just sort of edited like in, in post, like post editing. Maybe they've got the budget, haven't they? So they could quite easily pay a hundred grand to film there for a few yeah. days. So how much? How much would it cost to film there? Because you work in Heritage, don't you? I think for a few days filming, like maybe two or three days, it would be at least like a hundred grand or something like that, I reckon. Blimey, that's insane. Yeah, like, I guess it, yeah, I guess it is quite a big production, isn't it? It's Netflix, so they can afford it. Wow. Okay, so then what happens? What was the next bit that you wanted to talk about? So... The next scene, which is is at this point that I realised, and I think this is what you were talking about, why she touched her face. And I didn't love it. It felt a bit uncomfortable. But she says to her, uh, so the queen, uh, so the mother of the king, George, says to her council or whatever, she is very brown. And they are saying people will talk. Um, it's a problem. And she's trying to convince the council that actually it's fine. And I didn't love it because I thought, we didn't really have these conversations in Bridgerton and I also thought it didn't make sense because I was like, well, in those days, if you were looking at future brides, you'd send envoys there to meet them and they would report back and also you'd have portraits done. So this shouldn't be a shock to them the moment she arrives that she's brown. They would know that. It's not like it's a secret that people haven't been telling for years and years and years. You know what I mean? I just thought this doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense because then later on in the episode, which we'll get to, when everyone's waiting for the ceremony to take place and the, this, the Royal Highness approaches Lady, Lord and Lady Danbury, she says, oh, we need to unite two sides of society. So I was like, so you, is this why you picked Charlotte? Because you wanted someone, a, a person of colour in the royal family? I, I couldn't work out. But then all of that felt like an afterthought. It, it felt like she was saying, right, we've got a woman of colour as um, our future queen. Shit, we better go out and get that side of society on board. It felt backwards. Isn't it yeah. like you're sure you would have done that first? Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. But then it goes from that to Shaggington's. Which was not yes. hot, not hot. So I, 
so we see this um, really beautiful timber framed house covered in roses, which was beautiful. And then it, you hear people shagging tins, like you said. And I was like, yes, first sex scene. Can't wait. And I very quickly realized that this wasn't a good thing that we were seeing this sex scene. Um, and we see this very attractive young lady getting absolutely pounded. But then when the guy <laughs> rolls off her, it's this really old guy and he takes out these awful fake teeth and puts them on the bed. And I was just like, oh, my God, I feel awful for her. This is hell. Well, you missed out the best bit when he says that was a good ride. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just looking at her thinking that poor woman. How? How does she get through this? Yeah. If I was her, I would have said, look, mate, can you just do it from behind because that's the only way this is going to work for me do you know what I mean she doesn't actually have to see him and she can think about someone else wow that is one technique she does talk about afterwards though doesn't (laughs) she she's like oh it was like he gave me no warning and I had no like preparation so maybe she normally does kind of make up a, a an excuse you know but it sounds like he unfortunately he had his way with that and she was not happy about it was she it's, I, it sounded to me quite traumatizing afterwards when she was like, why did I not have warning? Why did I not have warning? And I was like, you poor thing. Yeah. It's awful. At this point, did you realize who she was? Cause I did not have a clue until I heard her name. No, I had no idea. I think I might have seen the promo photo and worked it out that way, but. Okay. So I'm sure we can say at this point who she is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. It turns out that this beautiful young lady with this very old, gross husband is Lady Danbury. I've got to say, though, uh, I've been trying not to go on Facebook too much because of, you know, spoilers. But someone put a photo up of Lord Danbury and the actual actor. And the actor is a hottie. So fair dues to make up. Yeah, I'll send you the photo. Um, and he's way younger than how they made him look in this, oh. in this episode. So I'm going to send you a photo. So maybe they're planning on doing flashbacks of when they, he first marries Lady Danbury or something, because what, why else would you get a younger actor and make him play someone so much older? Well, maybe they want to show that she married someone who was so much older for reasons that will become obvious. Like, maybe they wanted to show that, like, it wasn't like a passionate young love kind of thing. It was more that maybe she married for convenience or for power. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but then what I'm saying is why get a young actor? Why not just get an old actor to play oh. him? I mean, I think the actor's very good looking. Um, and I, I think he looks a lot younger than and, and how he does in the show. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Maybe maybe he is the same age. I don't know. But they, they put a lot of grey in his hair in the TV show, mm. whereas she's really young. So if they do do flashbacks where he the character looks young, she's going to be like a baby, isn't she? Because there seems yeah. to be a big age difference. So, basically... Lady Danbury, after her traumatising sexual experience, gets in the bath and her maid says, there's good news, and that's why your husband got it up, basically, is that you've been invited to court to the wedding. And she's really surprised, isn't she? She's quite shocked. But when she actually attends court and she's all dressed up and her hair's up, she looks like a Disney princess, don't you think? Because she's got the biggest, like, prettiest eyes. I just thought... She looks just like a Disney princess with a big dress. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, she's beautiful. 
I mean, everyone in this show is beautiful, let's face it. But yeah, she was very, very striking. Very striking. Okay, so you're right. They arrive at the wedding ceremony and it kind of leads us to Charlotte's basically gone AWOL, hasn't she? Like she's escaped and Grimsley's trying to find her. But before that, we see Charlotte trying to get information from the maid. She's asking loads of questions and Grimsley's sort of looking at the maid as if to say, don't you dare say a single thing. Because Grimsley's like following her around like a little puppy dog, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And then we see Charlotte trying to kind of clamber over the wall. You know, Charlotte is clearly a very intelligent person from what we've seen. So part of me is like, why is she waiting to the wedding day? Like, she knows something's up. Why doesn't she just escape in the evening before, get some men's clothes? Why wait until a couple of hours or 10 minutes before the wedding ceremony? And if she did get onto that wall, she'd break her neck on the other side because it's quite a steep fall. I think she was panicking and that's why she was she was doing that. And I think she had that talking to by her brother where he was basically like, you need to do your duty for your country. And that's just how it is. So I think she'd had that talking to her. And she was like, you know what? OK, I'm just going to have to make the best of this. I'm going to have to do it. And mm-hmm. I think because everyone she kept asking questions about the king and they were refusing to answer, that little seed of doubt crept in. And then she just started panicking, thinking this guy must be a complete monster. Yeah. And then obviously this really weird uh, climbing over the wall because she's panicked. She's not really thinking straight. And it was covered in wisteria. Did you notice they've got so much wisteria? Like if you look in the background of some of the scenes, because they're really trying to tie it in to like the whole Bridgerton, I guess, like iconography. But as she's climbing it, there's this brilliant scene. And this, to me, this was the best scene in the whole episode where this very handsome man comes up behind her dressed in very fine clothes. And he's basically like, what are you doing? And she's basically like, look, I don't want to marry the king because I think he could be a beast or a troll. Give me a leg up, mate, so I can get over this mysterious head. And I, there's this conversation they have where he says, she's like, come on, just give me a leg up kind of thing. And he says, I have absolutely no intention of helping you. And then she's like, I'm a lady in distress. Will you refuse to help a lady in distress? And he says, I refuse to help a lady in distress over a garden wall so she doesn't have to marry me oh my does he know how hot he is in this scene i don't think he's aware of how hot he is but he is very hot yeah very very charming it's very charming and i love it when he does give away who he is he calls her by her first name which we know in that time period was a very intimate thing to do flashback to daphne and the duke getting to that moment whilst dancing and he grabbed her hand. And I was like, oh, calm down, love. Take it easy. Like, that's mm. in those, for that time period, that was very forward, wasn't it? And actually, them being alone together in the gardens, she kind of had to marry him. Because if we think back to, like, the rules of etiquette back then, a man and woman can be together on their own. Um, they, they'd have to get married. So she's, you know, it was nice that he gave her the illusion of choice, but she basically had no choice, really, did she? No, and and there's this really nice bit where she keeps saying, I'm sorry, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, and he just keeps correcting her and says, George, and then he goes, well, actually, yes, I suppose Your Majesty, King of, you know, United Kingdom and Ireland or whatever, they keep using the full title, and he says, to you, just George, and then later on he says, just George to you, 
like as if she's really special and she can call him George. And I just thought that was really cute. I love it. I love it. And also when he says, I didn't realise how beautiful you'd be. Like he's the perfect combination of like confident, but also a little bit shy. But the way he looks at her, like he, the actor does a very good job at looking like he's totally head over heels. Like, did you not find it was quite intense? Yeah, agreed. And I really liked it when he kind of stuttered a little, not stuttered, but like his sentences were kind of disrupted and he said, oh, I'm actually quite nervous to be meeting the woman that I'm about to marry for the first time just before we get married. Now, I love that he was a little bit nervous. I thought it was quite cute. Same. And then it kind of takes us to the bit where she decides to marry him and she's walking up the aisle. Can I just say before that, as this scene was going on, one of the reasons I think I'm going to, I wasn't massively excited about this show and it, it came up now is that it makes me feel really sad to know that we know how their story ends and that he goes mad because we've seen that marriage in a really, really bad place. We know that it, this does not, this story does not have a happy ending. So for me, getting to know them and having this really romantic scene is really lovely. But at the same time, I was like, well, I can't help be sad knowing that actually this is not going to end well. And that's the trouble with doing this story, no? Yeah, I agree because there's a part of you that, it's hard to get invested because you know yeah. how heartbreaking it's going to be. And what I'm really hoping is that what what I'm hoping is going to happen basically is that this that he suspects he's got a disease and he fears it's going to get triggered. But what I'm really hoping is that actually it doesn't get triggered until later on in their marriage, so that we can really enjoy yeah. the fact that they do have a decent amount of time together. Do you think that that will happen? Because I don't actually know the specifics about George's illness and I kind of want to keep it that way I seeing how this episode ended maybe we'll get to that a bit later but I was a bit like er, I, I was not expecting his I don't even know I don't want to say madness because it's not really what we say anymore I don't know what else to say like his difficulties shall I say I wasn't expecting to come out until maybe the end of the season but we start to see it at the end of this episode I, that surprised me because I was like hang on I thought they'd get them together first and then we start to see the cracks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, when they were being all sweetness and stuff in the meeting before they get married, in my prediction section, I was like, this is going so well. It's only episode one. Like, we're not used to starting an episode where they get married. Normally, that's where things end. So in a way, it's quite hard because they've basically got, they've got the happy ending but we know that there's going to have to be trials and tribulations to keep us hooked. So, like, yeah. I reckon this is going to be the thing that keeps them apart. And then I'm hoping then it will have that really intense, do you know what I mean? Like that really intense, like, yeah. kiss scene or whatever. And then I'm hoping that he gets ill kind of much later on, really. I don't know. Yeah. So we see her, she's changed her dress, she's walking down the aisle. And as she gets to the the altar, he holds out his hand and he says, shall we? And then shall we get married? And my first thought was, I cannot wait for the sex scene. <laughs> I know. And the kiss looked really nice. Like it was a nice kiss. And like yeah. the acting was brilliant because he just looks so happy after kissing her. The way he looks at her and what I thought was really cute is throughout the like kind of oath making part of the ceremony, he keeps looking at her and smiling her as if to reassure her because he knows yeah. she's nervous. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. And the music was so beautiful as well. So after the vows, 
I don't know why this made me cringe so much, but there's basically then a compilation of scenes that shows them dancing together, right? Mm. But the music that was in the background just reminded me of like elves dancing in Celtic lands, like Robin Hood vibes. And I don't know why, but it didn't. I didn't even notice that. And I was just like, oh, no. But I don't know if it's just me. Like, can someone else just give me a bit of feedback, listen to it again? Yeah, I didn't even notice. Well, what I've popped in terms of the dance scene is I would have liked more closeness and eye sex. So, you know, when they come together and their faces are really close and they look at each other's mouths and then they back away in the dance or, you know, I wanted more of that close sexual tension that you can get in dance scenes in costume dramas that we've seen in Bridgerton and for me it wasn't really there but to me it would have been totally way too soon like I don't want to see that in episode one because they don't know each other yet so it would feel like they hadn't kind of earned it like the the reason why the Duke and Daphne and Anthony and Kate had that eye sex and the tension was so intense is because they'd gotten to know each other and there was like all of that emotional baggage but these guys have only just met so I kind of like that it was a bit yeah polite but then to me what is the point of having a dance scene when we literally got to me we didn't get anything out of it we didn't really get them touching and looking okay fine they might not have to show sexual chemistry maybe they could touch each other and look nervous or shy or giggle or like to me the dance scene was just a bit like meh okay they dance they smile that's it I think it did show that they like each other because they were looking at each other. So to me, it consolidates the fact that there's attraction, but it's also building us up for, oh, look how perfect it is. Look how nice he is. He wants to dance with her, blah, blah, blah. It's all going really, really well. And then it builds up then to the twist. So I'm going to have to disagree with you. I know. I think Um, you're right, actually. It's too soon. Like the reason why we love the Kate and Anthony stuff is because of that long burn. Yeah, I think you're so, right. I think it was just showing us, like, look how lovely he is. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine for the twist. So after the dance scene, Charlotte and George are lining up and they're saying goodbye to their guests. And something kind of cringy happens here. But I don't know, again, if it's just me. Well, Lady Danbury basically yeah. introduces herself to Charlotte. And then she says, she leans in and she says, be careful. And know that if you need me, send for me and I will come to you straight away, which I really liked. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was really nice, too. And I've got a question about that, actually. But that isn't a bit I'm cringing about at all. Um, I thought that was really nice of Lady Danbury. But what do you think she's referring to specifically there? Be careful. Because I was like, oh, I don't get a dangerous vibe of George. She definitely was referring to George, wasn't she? Because she says be careful, and then she looks towards George. Mm. And I think she's heard, it must be that she's heard rumours that he's not quite right. Yeah, maybe. So back to the bit that I found cringy, it's when her brother's saying goodbye, and he basically tells her, oh, I hope you get knocked up soon, sis, in front of her new husband. And I was like, classy. Yeah, I know. That was a bit awkward. And also, he didn't even hug her or kiss her goodbye. He was just like, all right, bye, and just jumped into his carriage. And she's like, Augustus. Like, she looks really shocked. 
Yeah. I guess it's to show that she's above him now. Like, he can't be just hugging the queen. I see. Yeah. But it's, I just, yeah, I don't think she liked that. And I think she found it quite disconcerting. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't think she liked it. Okay, let's get to the juicy bit, okay? So they are, George and Charlotte are on their way on the carriage to what we expect to be the sex scene. (gasps) Yeah, it was really awkward. It went downhill very quickly, didn't it? It was so awkward because basically he is basically saying to her, as he walks up the steps... This is very nice. There's a bit before that I just wanted to talk about quickly. Yeah, go for it. So when they basically he says to her, I have a surprise for you. And it's all very exciting. And they jump into this carriage and they're riding in the carriage. And firstly, we get a music cover of Halo. So you know how Bridgerton um, do like Regency style. Firstly, my first question, what do you think of that? Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was all right. But I put that as a question for you. Did you like it? Because you've got a bit of a bee in your bonnet yeah. about this, haven't you? I actually liked it because I love the Beyonce song Halo and I thought it sounded really nice. Um, but it was that sense of excitement, like, oh, you know, oh, my God, he's going to give her a surprise. And there's a moment in the carriage, um, which I thought was quite sweet, um, where they both look at each other and it looks like they're going to kiss. Did you notice that? I did. I did. Me like you. Can I just ask, do you think that? the song Halo was referring to what you thought we were going to see? Um. Because when the song came out, we used to joke, joke that Halo meant Oh, that. yeah, I forgot. Do you want to explain to people? Oh, I don't know if this is a thing, but, like, people used to joke that the Halo song, the Halo was referring to the lady parts. I don't know if that was just people. <laughs> it was just us. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So I thought um, maybe you were thinking that that's what the producer no. was thinking. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh. So they get out of the carriage and the, well, you were saying that he was walking up the steps. What were you going to say? And then he's basically like, oh, you know, this is your house. And she's all like, my house? Don't you mean our house? And he's all like, no, I'm going to go to Q and you're going to stay here. And then it gets so really awkward. awkward because then she's basically saying in front of everyone my nanny told me that we're going to do something together and like this is our wedding night I don't know what it involves but and I was just like oh oh, this this is so so different isn't it like this is so much more direct and transparent than what we saw in Bridgerton. To me the worst part was when he goes are you demanding I do my my marital duty tonight? And I was like, oh, my God, this is so awful. It's like a man turned around and really angrily was like, oh, right, so you want me to have sex with you, do you? Is that what you want? I'd be like, oh, my God, not now. This is awful. Why is he angry? Well, that's what happens. And he basically storms away. And she's like, well, not now. Like, oh. And, And then he storms away from her. She's like, I can't. And he'll go, he goes, fine, I shall stay. Um, and then when she tries to catch up with him, she's like, I can't keep up with you. Slow down. I felt really sorry for her. He goes, I thought I wanted, you wanted me in the bedroom. As if like she's some kind of sex crazed maniac and he's some kind of reluctant, like, um, prostitute that she's picked up in like <laughs> downtown London. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you? Oh, my God, this is the most awkward encounter. And it's completely ruined any relationship you formed over the last 30 minutes of watching the show. 
Yeah, like literally, I was like, well, someone's got a split personality because he was really sweet and loving. And now he's like really defensive. But it's, it's obviously because like he's got a big secret, hasn't he, that he doesn't want her to know about. And I was going to ask you about Do this. You think I, I think so. So the reason I say that is rather than just like being honest to her, like we know that he's hiding something from her. Like he clearly thinks that he needs to be in queue and she needs to be in this house because he wants to hide something from her. Like he thinks it's for the best. So in the Tudor times, they thought that men having sex could be bad for your health, that it could actually. So you know how um, Prince Albert was supposedly supposed to have bad health and they didn't want him to have sex with his new bride because they were worried it would trigger an illness. Do you think mm-hmm. that's what he was fearful of for here, that no. having sexual relations would somehow make his illness worse? OK, that's interesting. That's a really, really good point I hadn't even considered. What I thought was that he has some kind of obsessive compulsive disorder something or, or, or something that's related to his mental health issue and he needs him to have separate homes because it, because of that and he, she's triggering him and making him anxious by suggesting they live together and it's causing like his you know the first cracks to show whatever mental health issue he has I didn't even consider that he was hiding something specifically like do you what are you saying that you think that there's something in his house that he doesn't want her to see whereas I was thinking more that he just doesn't want her to know that he's got some kind of mental health issue. Yeah, well, my vibe is that he's made this plan that that he has his space and she has hers so that he can control how much of her of his life she sees. So in my head, I'm thinking that maybe in his house in queue, he's got like these people who are like, like maybe I was thinking maybe he has some sort of like fits or memory loss or the shakes or something because he mentions a scar on his hand with a paring knife and I was like oh, oh my god you're you know so I mean? good at this you're picking up so many little details no I don't know because I know that he gets ill so part of me is like is he aware of like some symptoms and maybe like has his family member had something similar and like he's trying to hide it because it's easier to hide stuff if you live somewhere different so that was what I was thinking like and that's why he gets like angry and defensive when she's like we should be like having sex and then he's like, okay fine like I'll do it but and that's why I was like do you think he thinks that having sex will make it worse I think you're more uh, my would my instinct would be that you're closer with the first thing rather than the second thing when you said, yeah, because when he was showing his scars, he said, oh, and this scar here on my hand where I was clumsy with a paring knife. And then he he almost stops himself from saying any more. And I did think at the time, I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think he he has. I know from real fact he had episodes where he would be fine and then he would go into an episode where he'd be really not OK for a long time. So I think you're right, Nat. Maybe they can control it better if he has like his own space like maybe they do things like you know in um the secret garden where the boy can't walk and they put him in like ice baths and then they do other stuff (laughs) maybe they do that to george and and it's painful and he screams and he doesn't want her to hear that bloody hell no is that a bit dark oh that got dark but no i think you could be right but what i find strange is is he just seems like when he's good he just seems he's so charming and eloquent and calm and friendly and considerate and reassuring I'm just like I find that really hard that he can just literally snap and all of a sudden he's just completely different 
But I think that's because I think anyone would react that way if you've got a secret that you find really shameful, that you're like really ashamed about and you're trying to protect this person that you really like from finding out. You would panic. At the same time, I think this is a symptom of his uh, condition because the fact that he thought, he genuinely thought a young bride would be really excited and it would be a lovely surprise to be like, here's the house you're going to live in whilst I leave and go to my house. He genuinely thought that she would love that. And to me, that's a sign that actually he's not quite on the same wavelength as other people. But to be fair, in those days, men probably didn't even think women liked sex. I mean, um, wasn't it in Bridgerton when someone said sex? Oh, what was it? Daphne said something to her mum or the mum said something yeah. to her. It was like Kate's stepmom was like, for some yeah. women, it's not enjoyable. If you're lucky, it will be. So maybe in his head, he's like, well... There's a difference between having sex and living in completely separate bloody houses. Like, you'd have separate bedrooms. That was perfectly normal. But not separate houses on, like, how many... We don't even know how far away Q is from that house she's got there. It could be a couple of miles. Like, that's not what a new bride's going to be happy with. Married couples are supposed to live in the same house. That's normal. So what's his plan in terms of sex and stuff as well? Like, what's his plan if they live in different houses? Like, how is he going to appropriate and have heirs? Well, it is a bit odd that he doesn't choose to consummate the marriage on the night of the wedding. And I feel like you're more likely to do that if you're a royal couple, because this is this is all contractual. Like, these marriages are the joining of dynasties. There's a lot of legal stuff behind it. Like, I feel like they're more likely to consummate it to make it legally binding than, say, if they were just aristocrats. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe he has got a little bit of a fear that sex might affect him. I don't know. You could be onto yeah. something, couldn't you? And like that lack of control or I don't know. So do you have anything else to say about this before we get swept up into kind of the present day Charlotte, the older Charlotte, Queen Charlotte? Yeah. So what I really liked is she just went when he kicks off, she just shuts down. And I really admired her for that. There was something quite powerful about that where she just, her whole body language changes. And she says, of course, your majesty. I'm sorry if I offended you. And she kept, she goes back to calling him your majesty and she bows to him. And it's like she has completely put up a boundary between him and her, like a wall. And I was like, yeah, good for you. Yeah. And then he looks really sad and he's like, George or something. She tries to get back to her saying, calling him George. She said, and she, no, no, sorry. First of all, he says, I am the king and it's my decision. And he gets really angry. And she says, forgive me, your majesty. I thought you were George to me. And yeah. he looks really sad. And I was like, go, girl. Yeah, she dealt with that really well. And then she takes a step back and it's almost like they're back to square one when she was like, is he a troll or a monster? And this is what I like. I think because their story starts with a wedding they're going to have to recreate that sense of distance and coldness that you normally get in a love story to get back to the passion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, it would be boring if they were just like all over each other at the start. Yeah, and it's quite shocking. It's quite quick and it's a very big change. It's not subtle. And you can see she's got tears in her eyes and she walks away and she goes to her room. And then I really actually liked um, the dialogue between her and her servant. What's he called? Grimsby. She's obviously upset and she wants to be alone and he's trailing behind her five paces and she tries to say to him, Grinsby, I want to be alone, leave me. And he says, he says, he says it's, it's in quite an emotional way. He says, 
I will never leave you. I'll always be behind you or something. And it, it felt like it had a double meaning. Like mm-hmm. I'm your servant and I have to follow you, but also I want to be with you and I want to look after you. And I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. And that feeling of like, I've got your back, like literally and figuratively. And then that lovely meet, that lovely scene where it takes us back into the present day. That's what I loved about that comment, because we see that he means it like yeah. he is by her side or behind her. And I just loved yeah. that. I thought that was lovely. I, I just thought there was something that he, he, he really meaned what he was meant, what he was saying. There was meaning behind it. Like. I'm here for you. You see, she was upset. And then she sat in her bed and there was a bit I really liked. So she's, she's all kind of cuddled up with herself as if she's like trying to comfort herself. And she, she just says, I should have climbed over that wall. And I loved that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. It's sad though. And I, I kind of admired her then because, you know, I, I didn't love her at the start in the carriage where I thought she was a bit spoiled. But then seeing her like that, I was like, yeah. I, I could, yeah, I could feel for her. About Grimsley, why, why does she have a male attendant? I would have thought she'd have a female attendant that was Same. like her BFF. So what's that about? I do think realistically she would have, so she'd have ladies in waiting and she would have a number of them. They'd be with her all the time. Like that was their job. Um, mm. I don't believe it. She'd have a man, like she'd have a manservant, but she definitely, wouldn't not like have ladies in waiting it didn't really make sense because yeah I don't know why they did that I reckon it's almost a sense of not like a second husband but the emotional support she gets from him is fills the gap that's left with what with George Mm. it's almost like they're trying to soften the blow with yeah she lost her husband George because of his illness but she's got Grimsley or Gimsley or whatever he's called yeah Grimsby yeah. Um, so then, and then we, it it changes pace. Then the tone changes, and it's actually I found this scene actually really funny. It actually made me yeah. pop a little, and I think we needed that, didn't we? Mm. So yeah, Queen Charlotte's like, how drunk are they? And then Gimsy's like, oh, like I wouldn't want to say. And she's like, I roll eleven o'clock. Like I don't know. I just I love her vibe. And then she basically walks in and there's like 15 of her kids or something. And she's just so blunt. She's like, look, I've got versions to the left of me, whores to the right. Because it's a, like that song, isn't it? Second in the middle of you. And then she, she's just taking the piss out of her kids. She's like, on my left, she's like, you, why don't you get married? I'm, a, I'm like, she was a really good mum. And she's like, I drew you pictures. You Are you making sure that, you know, your husband's putting it in the right place? I just, I want... Yeah, because she's talking about heirs, isn't she? Yeah, and and only one of the daughters is married, and she's like, I'm trying to get pregnant, and and then she's all like, I drew you a picture, are you doing it I thought that was funny. And then to the the guy, she's like, um, she talks about how they've all got whore babies, and I was like, oh my God, you're savage. And then... She's talking about this and she's like, oh, the only heir has died. And then the son-in-law, the, the husband of the, the granddaughter that died, is like crying. Yeah. And she just, she doesn't even give a, she doesn't care, does she? It's quite funny. Yeah, it, I didn't love that. Like he's all in mourning and he's like crying his eyes out constantly. Again, she has zero sympathy mm. um, for the fact that her granddaughter has died, um, which I find weird. 
But I did like how she went in there with some tough love and she's like, look, me and the king managed to have 15 children and yet not just for the two of us. And yet between all you 13 kids, you've not produced one heir, living one. And then the guy starts crying and I was like, geez. Well, that's a bit of a clue as well. So if they have 15 kids together, that makes me think yeah. if she has a kid every year, which is a lot. So she has a kid every two years. That's 30 years where he's sexually active and hopefully with it so so i'm hoping that means that they do get 30 years together before it all goes downhill yeah yeah they're Uh, definitely very sexually active and i have seen from the trailer that we get sex scenes but i just don't know when okay well this is nice it keeps us interested doesn't it um i know this is fiction but is it true that queen charlotte had 13 kids then um, I think so. Well, I don't know how many, but probably quite a few. Well, I don't know how many I, exactly. Because why is Queen Charlotte, like, banging on about them having kids? Because I was like, you've got 15 heirs, like... So the issue is, she's got, like, a few sons, but at this point, they're much older, and I think this is what caused confusion, because this confused me. Because the sons in the TV show were quite young, and I was like, why is she getting so stressed when they look like they're literally in their 20s? But... In real life, I think they were older and they weren't having any legitimate children. So there is that's why Queen Victoria gets on the throne eventually, because basically her um, uncles don't produce um, any children and her brother has her and she ends up on the throne. So this is a bit of like a succession crisis um, going on. So basically they need the next generation down to have kids because the king and um yeah, King George and Queen Charlotte are getting older and they can see that there's not many lines left, if you know what I mean. So what happens then? Sorry, they do have loads of kids, which isn't a problem, but their kids aren't having kids. Yeah, so not legitimate anyway. They've they've got illegitimate children, which can't inherit. And then basically it boils down to like, I think Queen Victoria's three uncles don't produce legitimate children. So that's why she gets onto the throne. So Queen Victoria is the granddaughter of George. Technically, I believe. So after Queen Charlotte, there's the Prince Regent, who's another King George, isn't there? King George IV, I want to say. And then he doesn't have a legitimate child, so it goes to his brother's daughter, which is Queen Victoria. But but they want male, don't they? They want male heirs. Oh, so there were no other male heirs, like all the other brothers are dead at that point. Yeah, they all die without legitimate children, so Queen Victoria's like, has to be queen. Isn't that crazy? They, I bet they were having all these kids and they were like, you know what, we do not have to worry about having heirs, like we are sorted. But exactly. Like, that's so weird. Why do you think, that's so funny. Mm. And you know, the young Charlotte is like, clearly, she's not vibing with the fact that she's got to marry a stranger. So like, for the purposes of like, fiction, do you reckon both her and George would have been like, look, when we have kids, we're not going to force them into marriage, they can do what they want to do, and that's what led to the, the problem with them not having marriages and stuff? I don't think so, because they're all married off, but they're just not having children with their wives, they're having children with as she put it, like whores, basically, like prostitutes, I suppose, or mistresses. But in the TV series, the daughters aren't married either. Only one of them is married. Mm, I guess because you'd focus on your male heirs having children, wouldn't you? Because the the women um, aren't really in the line of succession, really, are they? It's it's more about the male heirs. 
maybe Charlotte's not a very hands-on mum. I mean, look at Lady Bridgerton. She really cares about her kids getting married. Maybe Lady Charlotte, like Queen Charlotte, needs... Maybe the fact that her sons don't feel the pressure to marry and don't have a sense of duty, maybe that's reflective of her parenting skills. I'm going to say it. I think that's what it was hinting at on the voiceover. Oh, really? Oh, Mm. yeah. When it says, does she know what makes a good marriage? Exactly. So, like, maybe she should spend less time arranging marriages through Lady Whistledown, like, reading Lady Whistledown and stuff, and focus on her own family, which is a little bit harsh. Yeah. Also, how is Lady Whistledown, how is that not treason? Yeah, good point. Maybe she wasn't thinking it. Maybe I don't know. No, you're right. She totally was. That was, like, naughty. She's getting a bit cocky, this Lady Whistledown, isn't she? She's going to get herself into some trouble. She's not careful. Yeah. Did you want to go through your predictions? Or should you want to say an overview of what you actually felt about the episode, the show so far? So my predictions, I've already sort of mentioned them as we were going through, really. Um, So my main predictions were that I was really hoping that the brother would hook up with Lady Downbill, Lady Fedrington, um, and that we would start to see misunderstandings and tension. And I don't think that I didn't think there'd be any sex for a little while and that was it really I only had two predictions but overall what did you think of the episode what do you give it out of 10 and maybe we um, could choose um let's use let's use corsets as our measuring tool so out of uh, five corsets five being the best episode how many corsets would you give this episode I want to say three Okay, three corsets isn't bad. Mm. What did it need more of to make it five corsets? Um, I guess I guess it's really hard for the first episode because it's all about introductions and context. Um, mm. I guess I just wanted to spend more time with the young Charlotte and get to know her. I didn't love the constant flash forwarding to the present one. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed the scenes with George and Charlotte, mm. but, um, I guess I just didn't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, if you know what I mean? And there wasn't like, if I had to pick some, like, all oh, my favorite, favorite moments, apart from the moment with George and, um, Charlotte, there was nothing else really that came to mind where I was like, oh, I'm loving this. But I do think that's the nature of a first episode. You're just getting to learn the context and stuff. So, I do feel like I need, I did want to watch the second episodes, but I'm going to wait for us to do this. Um, but I think I need to see another episode before I can really feel, feel it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I thought for a first episode, it definitely did the job and more. Like, it's got us interested in the couple, isn't it? And we've mm-hmm. seen a few of the characters. I guess I am kind of wondering why they feel the need to flash forward. And what sto- what this storyline about trying to marry her kids off has to do with the story about her and George. Maybe they worried it would be a bit too boring to have it just in the past, but I kind of agree with you. I would love it if it was like 100% set in the past, but we'll we'll probably find out soon why they keep flash-forwarding. How many corsets are you giving it out of five? Um, I think I'm going to give it three and a half. I thought it was really, really good for first episode. Yeah, I almost gave it three and a half. And it is hard, really, to give um, it five corsets because we, we love, you know, the sex and the tension, and you can't get that from 
from the first episode because it's too soon. So I thought it was really, really good. I, I'm really impressed, to be honest. You're saying you thought it was really, really good and you're really impressed, but you only give it three and a half. So. Basically, I don't really think that I can give the first episode more than three and a half because the things that I would need for five, you just can't get from episode one. So I'm giving it the maximum that I could give, I think, a first episode of a season. Okay, that's fair enough. Because, for example, I want to see Lady Bridgerton and her husband get it on. And I want sex and I want more tension and I want a little bit more like... I want them to like declare their love and their emotions and their feelings. And so I guess it's not really fair on the episode really to use the corset rating. But I, I would give it yeah. four marks, four marks in terms of a first episode, I think. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. I do wonder if Lady Danbury's going to have an affair. Maybe that's my prediction that Lady Danbury's going to have an affair. I would love that because I hate seeing her with that old guy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you have any predictions before we finish today? I think that Queen Charlotte is just going to move into queue. I think she's going to take the reins. Um, and I oh. think she's going to call Lady Danbury back, uh, well, to call in the next episode. Yes, and start to get tidbits about things that they hear. And maybe in season two, she'll, like, walk in the grounds of queue or she'll go into queue, like... um under the radar and then she'll hear something and then she'll be like what the hell is going on but I don't think that's going to happen till episode four you know I think they're going to play the whole cloak and dagger tiptoeing around each other thing for a little while mm, maybe how exciting I feel that we've waited a very long time but um for everyone listening uh let us know what you think we I did put a post out um I haven't read the comments yet because I just didn't want to see any spoilers so we'll come and read those and, uh, yeah, have a look. And we'll be doing some polls as well, right, about what we've talked about today? Yes. Cool. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Let us know how many corsets you give it. And we will be back next week for episode two. Bye.